Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Greg, how do you feel about March Madness? I'm, I mean, I'm not a college basketball guy. <laughs> I focus almost so much on the NBA that, yeah, uh, not a March Madness. I, you know, listen, I, you know, you know I'm, I'm not a March Madness guy either myself, but I do like future. Uh, I, I will say this. Uh, Greg, how do you feel about the moves being made thus far? Well, originally when we penned this phone call, we didn't know the Cavs were getting Max Struess. Yes, yes. So that yes. was that. That was a big development this morning. Um, that was kind of the rumor going into free agency. Um, the two names you kept hearing for Cleveland were outside of Karis LeVert coming back. It was George Niang and Max Struess, which I think most casual NBA fans are not going to get super excited about those two names. But that's about what the Cavs could have gotten because they didn't have cap space. They just had the mid-level exception. And if you looked at the core and you're like, well, what do we need? We need shooting. We need floor spacing. That's what these guys provide. Um, I thought the contract would start with Niang. I thought the contract, he's about $8.5 million a year. I thought that was about right. Um, he's a guy, he's not going to be a starter for you. He's going to be your your seventh, eighth, maybe ninth guy off the bench. He's going to be um, a rotation player. He shot better than 40% from three for the last five years. Um, obviously has that chemistry from playing with Donovan Mitchell in Utah for a number of seasons. The last time he and Donovan were in Utah together three years ago, that was the best season of his career. He shot almost 43% from three. Um, so he, he played a really good role. Kind of in, in a similar way, if you look at, you know, how the Utah Jazz had Donovan and then Rudy Gobert, they needed that spacing because of, you know, Donovan's ability to drive. Rudy Gobert is not a shooter. I think that's kind of a similar role here with Jared Allen being a non you know, floor spacer as well. So I, I thought that was a solid move overall. And then the Max Struess, I like him as a player, but that contract and what you had to give up for him, talking about Jetty Osmond, Lamar Stevens, two second-round picks, that to me was a massive overpay. I thought Struess was a guy who was going to get, at best, the full mid-level exception of $12.4 million. The fact that he's getting almost 
16 million from from Cleveland now. I, I don't think any other team is going to match that. Um, and the fact that you had to give up, like I said, Jetty, who's been you know a solid role player for you for years and picks. Uh, I like the player. He's probably going to be your starting small forward, but you gave up a lot for him, and that's a lot of money for a guy who, like I said, the last time we saw him, he, he was coming off a pretty bad finals performance overall. You know, I, I look at I look at it in a little bit of a different way. I look at it from this standpoint of look, hey, one thing that we saw, we didn't have no shooting. Now, if you can, you go into next year and you give, you say JB, you didn't have the ingredients, right? You said you didn't have shootings. You didn't play Lamar Stevenson's in the playoffs. You didn't play Dean Wade in the playoffs. You, you kind of were hit and miss with Jetty a little bit, bit, but it wasn't like you were counting on Jetty as, as it is. My thing is, I felt like they came in and, and they said, okay, we're not going to make any any big shakeups in our core four, but if we don't make any shakeups in our four, we got to make a shakeup at this bench. We got to make a shakeup somewhere. And I think they, what they did is they looked at it and said, okay, we need, we need shooting. I'm going to guarantee that you, you're going to have two guys that could possibly shoot over 30, some 30, almost 40% from the three-point line and kind of and, – and I think it was almost an all-in move. Do you think – to me, this signifies that they are, they are committed to trying to win right now, and I almost think that they, they are almost silently saying, yeah, there is a chance that Donovan Mitchell does not resign here, and we need to maximize this little one-year, two, one- to two-year window. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, look at the Karis LeVert contract. They gave him two years – uh, $32 million. I don't think it's any secret that that contract lines up perfectly with um, not only Donovan Mitchell with the two years he has left on his deal, but Evan Mobley, because he's got two years left on his rookie deal. And then, so you're looking in the summer of 2025, things are going to get really expensive for Cleveland. Hopefully, right? Hopefully, because that means Donovan resigns. Uh, I think his number for a max extension is five years right around $260 million. Um, he's hurt a little bit by the fact that he was traded, so he can't get a super max, but that's still, you know, $55-ish million a year he can make on a new contract. Evan Mobley, I mean, he set himself up for a max contract. Uh, you can sign him to an extension next offseason. If he hasn't agreed to it by then, you go into restricted free agency in 2025. So then you have Karis LeVert's $16 million coming off the books. So I don't think that's any, you know, uh, I don't think that's a mistake that those contracts lined up perfectly like that. So I, I think the Cavs realized, look, we have this two-year window. We need to maximize, if not a one-year window, because then we have to make a decision about Donovan Mitchell. Um, if you looked at the Knicks series, you knew that this team needed floor spacing. You knew they needed shooting. Max Struess, I think the idea of him as a shooter has been better than the actual thing. He only shot about 35% from three last year, but he's a threat. He's somebody that you know, other teams have to go guard. Now, Isaac Okoro is not a guy that guys had to go guard. Uh, he was left alone very often on the perimeter, even even though the fact that, you know, he could make shots from time to time. So I think the Cavs are a better team than they were 24 hours ago. I just, I look at that Struess contract and I, I question who else was giving him that kind of money. But at the end of the day, yeah, the, the Cavs got what they needed. Uh, talking to uh, Greg Schwartz on the North Onset Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Let me, let me get into this because I'm a little confused by it. Like, so so the Cavs end up, you know, in the second round, they get a Monty Bates, right? And I think a lot of times there's people, like, if you if you give, you know, the upside of somebody, actually, it's just the way it is in Cleveland. 
if you say a person has, you know, some flaws, they're like, you're too negative. Um, but if you say a guy is, you know, hey, this guy could be a diamond in a rough, oh, you're drinking the Kool-Aid. Uh, you, you guys are over-exaggerating. He, he fell to the second round for a reason. And it's like, guys, there could be, there could be multiple things at one time. You can, do, you can have a nuanced take on stuff. For me, I don't understand what the, the, what the I, I guess, the, the negativity and, and some of the angst is with Imani Baines because I'm looking at it like this. He got drafted in the second round. Um, he has talent. He was, at one point in time, thought to be the number one pick in the draft. Obviously, some things happen. He does have a little off-the-court stuff, but at, at this point in time, who doesn't have off-the-court stuff? Um, you look at his skill set. He's a wing. He's long. He, he's a tough shot maker. Um, he's a guy who... If you work with him inside the offense and, and develop a role for him and hopefully get something out of him, it could be a pick that you could turn around and say, hey, hey, the Joker, he was in the second round. Second round. Draymond Green was a second round. All these other different guys that come from nowhere, that are second round picks. I don't understand why people are so polarized on a second round pick, Imani Bates, when, when if he can perform and their Cavs can do some things, he could be a guy that can help him in the future. Yeah, if nothing else, if he never turns into a good NBA player in Cleveland, that's another trade asset for you because that's a name teams recognize. That's a name that teams are like, okay, you know, we, we know the skill set is there, but we got to see it. And this is a chance for the Cavs to, I think, I think Imani Bates is going to see most of his time with the charge this season. I mm-hmm. think he's going to be a, a, either a two-way guy or he's going to, you know, a G League or something where he's going to get time in the G League. I don't even know that he gets a standard NBA contract. And I think that could be the best thing for him. Because if he, you know, goes to, I I still want to say Canton, if he goes to Cleveland as as a member of the charge, and he not only shows that, okay, he can score the ball, uh, he can kind of fine-tune his shot selection where he's not shooting those long-range twos quite as much. Uh, He can prove that he's a willing ball uh, handler, he's, he can pass, he can play defense, he can do all these other things besides score. Because we know he can score the ball. But if he can do this stuff, and if, if he can even showcase that in the G League, all of a sudden I think NBA teams that were you know high on the talent but you know low on, okay, well, is he ever going to turn into the player that we thought he could be? If you can showcase that at least, he turns into a trade asset. And that's something that the Cavs don't have a lot of because – you have to wait at least one more summer before you can trade a first-round pick, which at that point it's not going to be till 2031. Um, so you're, you're real short on these uh, trade assets. And then you just gave up two second-round picks in the deal to get Max Struess. So is Imani Bates going to jump Isaac Okoro and Max Struess and be the starting small forward this year? I don't think so. But if you put him in the G League, you start seeing, oh, that's the skill set that you know we saw in high school – that, you know, was the guy that originally committed to Michigan State that looked like he was going to be a top-five draft pick. He at least turns into, like I said, a, 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 a trade asset, and it's something you can use later down the line. Yeah, listen, I, I, I completely agree. Like, I, it's, And at the end of the day, um, it, and it's, my, it's my thought process, and I don't know where you fall on this, but, it, you know, if you're the Cavs, you have to be known, like, for a little bit, you think about it. Miami is almost a mid-market team in basketball. Like it's kind of like, it, yeah, you get to state taxes off. Yeah, it's a big city, but nobody really cares. 
um, about basketball. Like, it's like, okay, we show up at halftime. So it's not like, yes, it's a big market city and there's some, some things that, you, that people like to go down there and do. But it is almost like a, a, a mid-market in terms of there's other bigger places that people would, would go before they went to Miami. I think that the Cavs have to look at themselves as a, a mid-market team that has to, to, to really be head and shoulders above a lot of people when it comes to developing, right? Like, think about it. Kevin Porter Jr., right? He, this is another kid. Just like Kevin Porter Jr. had some issues, had a little bit of baggage, um, let's see what they learned from that situation give, going into this situation. What would they do differently? How did, would they handle certain things? So, you know, I think the Cavs have to be team a team that looks at second-round picks as something as a, of an asset while other teams look at it as throwaway picks. I think they have to trade and develop very well where they can say, look, we turned Isaac Okoro into a shooter or at least a 3-and-D guy. We turned Evan Mobley into a guy that can hit a consistent jump shot. I think those are the small areas where they can get better at. Well, you're you're absolutely right, and I'll add on to that in saying not only do you have to be an organization that can find talent and undrafted or second round and develop it, um, you you don't have the benefit of being a free agent destination uh, unless this is 2014 and LeBron's coming home. Yeah. Um, you're you're not going to get a big free agent, and we've seen that. Even if you mentioned Miami, all right, Miami just signed Kevin Love for $3 million, and they signed Josh Richardson for $3 million. Richardson was making $11 million a year last year. I thought he was a guy that could potentially get the full mid-level exception. And guys like that just signed for pennies because they can play for a team in a desirable location that has a chance to win. Um, the Los Angeles Lakers just signed Cam Reddish, Jackson Hayes, two guys that – we're potentially going to get big extensions if their careers would have unfolded. Top 10 picks in the same draft, um, they just signed minimum deals with them because it's Los Angeles, because it's the Lakers. The Cavs are never going to have the benefit of that. They're never going to be that destination where these free agents, unless, you know, it's LeBron is uh, leading the charge here and we get yeah. Sean Marion and Mike Miller and those guys, they're never going to be a destination like that. So you're absolutely right. They may need to find these second-round picks, these undrafted guys that they can develop, uh, Lamar Stevens was one of those guys. Unfortunately, we traded him. Dean Wade was another one of those guys. I'm hoping he has a big bounce-back year where he can be at least a good rotation player um, because now you're seeing a lot of these guys that should be signing for a lot more taking a lot less in some of these gl- glitzy destinations, and you know, Cleveland's just not going to have that, unfortunately. Um, let me ask you this, Greg. Are, are they done? Uh, is there any, you know, as guys, you know, Cavs fans and, and around the country look and say, okay, we got these guys. Um, some, a lot of people are excited about the youth and, and Amadi Bates and, and another couple of other guys that are going to be participating in, in the G League. Are there any more moves that are available? And what are your thoughts on their interest in a guy like Miles Bridges? So I, I don't think they're done yet. They don't have a backup center. Um, I know Evan Mobley is going to primarily be the backup center, but I don't think you can just go into the season with Jared Allen and Evan Mobley as your two bigs. You haven't re-signed Robin Lopez. Um, Robin, I think, is he might be borderline having to retire. I don't know if he's going to get another contract or not. Um, the Cavs are $7.5 million below the luxury tax line. I would be shocked if Dan Gilbert and company went into luxury tax for this team. Um, they've done it before. For teams that are competing for championships, I don't think they're going to do it for a team 
that won one game in the playoffs and lost in the first round. I don't think they're going to do that. So you basically say, okay, we've got $7.5 million to play with. We've got, I think, four or five roster spots that need filled out still. They have $4.5 million on the biannual exception that they can spend. So that's the most they can sign a player for right now. It's $4.5 million. They also have about just over $4 million left from the mid-level exception from the money left over from Niang. So you could use at least one of those full ones and then sign a couple guys on minimum contracts um, that would help fill out your roster. I would like to see them try to get either a Mo Bamba, uh, a Thomas Bryant, one of these big floor spacing guys, uh, a center that can shoot threes, I think would be a real nice fit alongside guys like Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, who don't shoot at all. Uh, I think those guys could sign for four and a half million. Uh, and then after that, like I said, you're, you're pushing, you'd be about $3 million away from the luxury tax. So you're really getting close. So I don't think the Cavs are done. I think they're, they've made their biggest moves. I think Struess was going to be the biggest move uh, of the offseason. Obviously, they got Niang. They got Karis LeVert back, uh, which was a must. So I think there's probably one more move out there to get a backup center with that biennial exception of $4.5 million. But, again, you got to worry about that luxury tax line. Like I said, you're only $7.5 million away from that. So probably one maybe little to medium thing-ish out there. And then you turn to the trade market to see if there's anything else. Hmm. And, and do you do you expect? I would say, do you would you expect anything in the trade market, or do you would you expect that to be something that would happen at the All Star break of next year? I I'm fascinated to see what happens with Isaac Okoro because by you going out and giving Max Truce sixty three million dollars and giving up picks and giving up players you're signaling that this is your starting small forward moving forward next year. Yeah. Um, he's six foot five, but he actually spent the majority of his court time at small forward instead of shooting guard last year. He can play both positions. So to me, you're saying Struess is your starting small forward, that you don't believe in Isaac Okoro as your starter anymore, which I think is justified. Um, like I said, he's a good player. He's a good defender. I don't think he's a starter in the NBA. And He's extension eligible this offseason. Do you re-sign him? Do you wait till next year? Do you really want to pay him when you've got, you know, a max contract coming for Mobley, a max contract coming for uh, Donovan Mitchell, hopefully? So that's the guy I'm curious. Do they use the Coro as trade bait because he still has some potential left? Is he a guy that they're just going to make into a rotation player? Um, Because they're short on trade assets. So I want to see what happens with Isaac Okoro uh, this offseason. Hey, Greg, thank you so much. We appreciate your time. We'll be uh, looking to talk to you soon, and, and, I, and we'll keep an eye on for any moves coming down the pipeline for uh, Cleveland Cavaliers free agency. All right, thanks for having me on. All right, thank you. Appreciate it. That's Greg Schwartz of the Bleach Report on the North Offset Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. We'll go right to a 2020 update. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle. 
vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.